steel mine. Yeah, my town was called. It meant it was a bridge because it covered two bridges. We lived under the bridge. <laughs> so his his oldest brother uh, worked in the steel mill, and he lost his foot working in the fucking coal pit. Mm-hmm. So and they were making. He was the only one who could work in that family, and he was making like I don't know pennies on the dime, whatever. Right. It was, it was some. So yeah, Burden did this for the money, man. Like he. So basically, his story was that uh, he, when his mother died, he moved into his sister's house, who was married to some guy, right. and he got him into school. He got himself into Oxford because there was an acting teacher, Mister okay. Philip Burton. Okay. He saw something in ah, this young 14-year-old. Philip and, Burton, okay. Yeah. So he went up to Sis, C-I-S, which is the name of one of the sisters. Like, she's Sis, Sis female. Okay. And uh, they said, I would like to adopt you, uh, Richard. And she's like, yeah, take him. We got plenty. I don't know. She, she, it was heartbreaking. They talked really? to her about it. So he adopted. He became... The Philip Burton was twenty days younger. Like there was a limit, like to adopt a kid to say, right. "I'm dad, your son." You have to be exactly twenty years apart. They were twenty days shy of that, so he had to become a legal guardian for Richard Burton. Not a father, a right. legal guardian. Okay. So and he went off, and he went to Oxford, and when the war started, this movie is fifty-one. So in 41, he got recruited in this thing. The RAF had, is it RAF? R-E-F? Royal uh, Air Force. R-A-F, Royal Air Force. Royal as fuck. Anyway, so they <laughs> <laughs> they had this program where he would act and then go to school for acting half the day and then half the time. And then the other half, he's in the RAF. Okay. So he started acting on stage. He became, oh, the globe. They offered me 10-pound a week and I took it and then my friend said Richard you should go back and ask for more and then he did and then the producer said fine he goes you talked to that old Welsh bulldog didn't you the other guy (laughs) so yeah he was like he was doing Shakespeare and he started acting in British films and this is one of the British films he acted in now Mike we've got an audience you got to tell them what they're up to right now and how they got there Is is that how it happened well, right now she's investigating this dubious. Uh, well, no, sailor. no, it's duck hunting. He made it. She made an agreement, right? The father, she, she's the father, like owns the newspaper or something, and no, no, not even. Well, the father's not alive, is he? He's in the boat right now. The, it's uh-huh. her father. It's her father. She's really more spying on Richard Burton, though. I think, like, she went out there. Well, I thought it was a coincidence. She goes out duck hunting because she mentioned it with her. She agreed with her father. And then she, you know, this boat, she, she, it, it just shows up. I, she doesn't know that Richard Burton's out there. Well, you know, her father does. Her father was a bootlegger, it's revealed. Her uh-huh. father was in on everything. And they're like, should we let her in on it? I told her. And they're like, she's just a mosh girl. And they're like, yeah, go ahead. You know. Now, what are they drinking? Like, they drink coffee in this movie, but I it's think she's coffee. pouring tea. Yeah, it's coffee. They're not oh, really. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know what the contents are. It very well could be tea. But every drink they have in this movie is coffee. They even it even ends with them opening a cafe. What? Well, well, what? You're forgetting about all the booze, dude. But I'm not talking about. I'm talking about when they drink. They don't drink tea. They drink coffee. Okay. Okay. Now here we go. Here's all suspect. 
See, going down the river. He just he just happened upon her. He did. She wasn't out there to spy. She will she was now become a spyer. She'll start spying. Well, she was. She didn't trust. Like, oh, I see. There she goes. <laughs> this is me. And then he duck on. Hey, Carl, what you doing? Quack quack. Hey, quack quack. Good, Carl. What you doing? Quack quack. Did you hear my duck impression? What's with the rifle, Carl? Yeah. Hey, where's your duck thing? You know, the fake ducks? Oh, I don't need that. Quack! <laughs> Quack! I'm not the spending idea. my money on that. Well, you gotta you gotta use a uh, something that sounds like a seductress duck to call their attention. So here we go. Quack. Quack. So oh, Richard is letting the cock with the cold go by. Uh-huh. Because he's sneaking around. Now look at him, man. He looks great. He doesn't look great in that documentary in 65. Uh-huh. He's like chain smoking. Now, Carl, you said you picked this movie because of Richard Burden. Mm-hmm. What is your association with Mr. Burden? Uh, well, uh, we're not lovers. Uh, I don't know where you heard that from. No, the truth is... I was just browsing around YouTube. I think you were having some trouble with come. I don't know, but I came upon it. It was Richard Burton, a huge star. It's uh-huh. 1951, so you can trust that there's not going to be ads. It's in black and white, so it's going to take us to an earlier time. And it was full of accents. No, so but I'm ac- talking about like you. You said you singled out Richard Burton. Like, what is your perception of Richard Burton? Like. No, no, I didn't. I, I just, he's a major star. And well, what is your fucking perspective of Richard Burton then? Like, oh, the... oh, I think Richard Burton's a bum. I think he's okay. a loser. Okay, that's he... what I want to hear. Yeah, no, well, he, they, he and, and, and Enabler Girl were just total alcoholics, and it ruined them. Of course, and look, of course they, they don't stay married and stuff. Okay, now take him on the screen, and I think he's magnificent. Yeah. I think that that movie, um, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, what a trip. I, I think that Richard Burton as an actor, and not in this film, is very powerful. He holds his own in this film. It's not his film to take, though. It's, no, it's, it's not. Captain. He's not the main character or anything like that, even though he's a big deal. And the, the script doesn't lend him to any heroics or, you know, impassioned speech He's just not the guy of this film, but he's still good in it. Yeah. Now well, tell everyone what's going on, Mike. I was about to, Carl, but you you were spoke you spoke up. I'm Carl, so I, sorry. I, I always. I know it's all right. We could switch route back. You saw the movie. If you want to do I it, I, I, yeah. All right. No, I saw it one time. Okay. All I know is she is now discovering the cache of smuggled alcohol. Right. That's okay. what I know. You, okay, you're gonna have to let me let me lead this. Okay, Carl. Yes, please. Okay. And if, if I pause or my timing is off, trust me. Just let me give me that, that extra beat, okay? You got it. You don't have to step on it. Also, maybe you could shave once in a while. Okay. <laughs> yes, boss. Okay, boss. I will do it. All right. No, I'm, I'm ugly. I always hate bosses like that. Did I ever tell you the time I had uh, – we'll get back to this movie. He's basically telling her that they're smuggling booze, and they, they get it. They get it in the net, and they bring it over. And it's been going on for ages, and they have like a backlog and all this shit. So I had I had a, a show at a deli, and the boss like, here, come here, come into my office. Now I don't work there, so but I'm right, going into right. the boss's office, right. and he closes his door, and he's like, you know, Mike, you've been using the same jokes every time. <laughs> 
Okay, here here we go. Here's the star of the show. Now you would say, oh my god, fucking Penguin's henchman escaped Batman. But he actually ha he's a captain, and this is appropriate wear. His ship is named the Frolic. Yeah. And he's wearing a sailor's hat, and he's got a sailor's uh, sweater that has the name of the boat. So this is very on the on the up and up. What's and not he on the up? Swaps in plural. The royal we, yeah. Oh, funny. I was just about to get to that. But yeah, uh, he, we have just landed. So he always refers to himself in the royal, royal we, and that was our wife uh, when he talks about me. He also calls every woman the lily white. Yeah, that's this right. Is, it's a little off-putting because, you know, lily white is a coded word in America. It's like, you know, exclusion of black people or... It's used to say it's a willy like neighborhood, but it was a code. So it's weird hearing him say it, but let's listen to his crazy voice. Yep, Lily White. Now, I know this guy. Uh, he's famous for two reasons, Carl. He was terrific. I actually haven't seen him. There's two directors, British directors, Emmerich, uh, shit, Michael Powell, and fucking, what's the other dude's name? Uh, Emmerich Pressburger, that's right, Pressburger. And I saw The Red Shoes, fantastic movie about a dancer who gets these magic shoes that make her dance and dance and dance. And then they lost their career when they did a film called Peeping Tom, okay. which was about a, a guy who kills women while filming them. He like his tripod has a knife, and that movie destroyed their career. They had a very distinguished career, they had a string of three great movies starring the captain in this uh -huh. film. And by the way, I'm going to play the audio when he's anytime he gets to a piano, we got to hear the whole thing. But um, the song he plays. Yeah, well, he gives these speeches. Uh, he did the life and death of Colonel Blimp. I know where I'm going, and a matter of life and death. Those are the three big Michael Powell, Emory Pressburger movies he did. So he's famous for that. He, uh, you know, he lived a while. He he was too young for the Royal Air Force, uh -huh. so he actually worked, you know, doing some mission stuff, but. He's he's in tons of shit, and I think in the seventies he kind of petered off uh, his last acting role. Okay, here we go. Yeah. There's a boat and the piano. There's a piano and a boat. Mm -hmm. Weird. It's, a, it's an upright, so it makes more sense. This reminds me of uh, the Hateful Eight. When they give that big speech and the guy's playing the piano behind it. Oh right! Oh, they—he's on TV. What's the moral of all this? Yeah, he is. With ourselves. Now there was a television in the old man she was interviewing's office, which I was surprised about because this is 1951. They, well, they had TV in the 40s. Oh, I didn't yep. know that. I thought it was a fifth. Maybe it came, became big in the fifties. It became it became more affordable. You know, I uh -huh. mean, it was early adopters in the forties, gotcha. but it, it existed. Uh, Nothing at all. So what's interesting about this movie, Carl? If you remember, it, is that he does these elaborate speeches on his pian upright piano in his boat, and yeah. it's glorious. And at one point, he confronts his wife in her her landlocked house his ex his ex-wife and there's a piano there and he just i think he's talking to the husband there's an just, organ yeah he just kind of sits himself in front of it 
and starts playing while telling the story. It's great. Ah, here now, we but go. But remember this. Tell the audience yes. what he was saying while he was playing just last time. What we just heard. He was given a story about the fish that got away. It's the story of a sailor and the love for the sea and the love for a woman and what calls what call they hear and what call they follow. Basically, Polly was a lily white, and we loved her. He, she was our wife. Yeah. But you know the sea beckons, and off he goes on the frolic, and he leaves her, and she married a guy who we will fucking see. Yeah. Fucking crazy movie. Uh, yeah. Uh, this crazy farmer that they which is going to chase these guys off with a pitchfork. He was and a right military now, man at the time. Now, this is a great scene, Carl, because these bureaucrats show up and they're all bootleggers. And the guy goes, would you like some brandy? I mean, uh, beer. Would you like beer? Uh, no brandy. They got the Andy brandy. Oh, yeah, that's right. All right. So those two, uh, pro the two bureaucrats were talking about how they don't like this guy. He's a bit chill, right? Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. So he's going to browbeat this Coast Guard into revealing the truth of uh, of uh, bootlegging. He's like, it must be really hate your job, right? It must really fucking sucks looking at the ocean. <laughs> oh, I like it. He doesn't like so English, though. Yeah. Well, he's trying to be aggro, right? Like he's like Captain America in this. Let's take a listen. Is there anything wrong? Wrong? You seem rather angry. You seem rather angry. Boring, so it's the classic like he's trying to get information about it basically they're gonna they do this wild goose trace right the bureaucrats and they have nothing of it until the second act and they show up and they go what's all this then yes and this has to do with us and that's when the trouble fucking knocks off. But everything is crazy in this movie. Like I look, I have to say, like everybody in this film is a genuine character. Like it's not he just what a marvelous door. <laughs> yeah, it's what you're talking about. It's like the character of don't dawdle. Yeah. Well, the uh, no. Here's another thing too. Like this director Nigel Twist. By the way, the uh, the last scene in this movie. What a twist ending, Carl. Mm -hmm. The director. Uh, the twist ending. I don't think so. You yeah, didn't? it was. It was directed by Nigel Twist. <laughs> what a twist ending! Okay. <laughs> classic, classic twist ending. Saw it coming. Now they're saying that this used to be one thing about this area. It was water, right? It was ocean. Uh -huh. Yeah. And basically, these guys are very dismissive because the marsh people. These marsh people. Uh, basically, they made their income by building a wall to block the ocean and then claim the land. Right. The, the ocean receded, and all this wet, marshy land was left behind, and yeah. so they walled it off so the sea couldn't come back in. Right, and then they kept the land. And they're saying, hey, I see a bunch of cows on here, but you know, you need to grow some fucking potatoes. Oh, that's what he says to the other guy. You could grow potatoes, but eh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Too well, why is it a agricultural problem? Starchy. <laughs> now, all right, this is why I like this movie. You present the pitchfork at some bureaucrats. That guy and they ran be... into where the bulls are, which I thought was crazy. Yeah, they run through it in those suits. 
But yeah, you gotta have the farmer chase them with a bull. If you fucking bring a bull, you know, bull pork, bull, bull pork, pork, bull fork, pitchfork, pitchfork. Yeah, look at them run. Uh, that they used to keep their potatoes in this bunker, and it was like a really, it was starchy bunker. <laughs> uh, I like that. Look at them. Yeah, fuck yeah. And then we get the big reveal. There's his wife. Polly! No, it's not a reveal. We're just meeting some farmer and his wife. But, but you hear their names, and you're like, oh shit, these are, this is the couple that the captain was talking about. By the way, I have to say, let's talk about Polly, his love of his life. She steals this movie. Her name is Vita Hope. And I will show you. Well, actually, she hasn't been introduced yet. That was the neighbor. But when she shows up, she scratches her ass, Carl, and we got to call out that, okay? Okay. Like, you know, when you wake up, you stress. How do you wake up when you're on the oh, when the camera's playing? Yeah. You yeah. get up, you scratch her ass. She does it, and it's fucking hysterical. <laughs> when she sees the boat, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's married to the director, Nigel Twist. Oh. She died in a horrible car accident in 63 while they were still married. That's uh, too bad. They were in a turnabout, and she crashed into a lorry. Okay, that's a that's a, a truck in. Uh... Yeah, and a roundabout is a roundabout in England too. Or what do they call it? What are the round circle roundabout? Now, anyway, so they're saying like I told this reporter, and she's like, "Oh, she's uh, Tom's son, a uh, daughter. She's all right. A real marsh girl, don't you know?" There we go. That's my favorite line. A real marsh girl. I don't think we'll have any trouble with her. <laughs> Well, they have uh, they still got another load, and they're like, "Well, we can keep it and let these bureaucrats go." And they're like, "Fuck it, let's just take it." So they're gonna go and take the the booze. Now they're accelerating their 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 bootlegging run, but the problem is that the weather's not great. No, the weather is not great. Now the thing is, he's like he's like. This reporter snooping around, and now we got these bureaucrats. We better quit. We better just stop being a smuggler. We can do it later. You keep calling it bootlegging. They don't call it that. But then he goes, yeah, but we got the last shipment. It's, it's out there on the ocean right now. And he's like, well, that won't do. Of course. We, okay, this will be the last one. Yeah. Now, I have to say, like, their voyage is fantastic, right? Like, fantastic what voyage? It, I, it would be. Oh, I never, god damn it, I need a fucking word-a-day calendar. <laughs> right? That would really make an a excellent adventure. God damn it, I need to, ah! Here's Richard. So he's like, what are you going to do now? And he's, he's like, you should settle down and get married. And she's like, oh, phooey. <laughs> now, you know, she... they never get together in this film. And no, graph the whole film. They're gonna get together. I feel like more of like she's one of the guys. Like she is a Marsh girl, mm -hmm. is in on it, and that she uh, helps them. You know, against the, the, the all the cops that show up and all the bureaucrats, she's in on it. Like even at the end, she does her part, which is right when she's glug glug glugging. Yeah, she's doing her part. Yeah, I really think I don't know if this is the time to talk about it, but I really think that this movie has a bad ending it, it's really okay well let's uh let's after the scene let's talk about the ending because this is all a right. great scene all right 
it basically, uh, they have a three-hour tour, and uh, the tour is for the SS Minnow. Yeah, which may be lost. So here he is again, like during these scenes, my big toe started to thump, like my sailor uh, eye started to turn red because I know a bad storm's a brewing, and that's what they're saying. You know, we don't like the cut of the storm; it's a brewing. And one thing I have to say I love about these sailor dudes is that they have all this booze in there. And they know that they may not win out against this storm, right? This perfect storm might kick their ass. So what do they do? They pull out a fucking, they pull out a corkscrew. And they're like, fuck it, dude. This stuff might be damaged. We might be damaged. We need to finish it off. Yeah, that's right. And that plays into the movie. Like, that's basically what this movie is about. It's like, uh, instead of getting rid of it. Brandy, it was some. Napoleon, right? Napoleon brandy. Right, right, right. It's real Napoleon. Uh, We need. A corkscrew. Yeah, right away, uh, Captain. And they get shit-fucked. Like, they get so fucking drunk in this movie during The Perfect Storm. It reminds me when I saw The Perfect Storm. I actually was drinking at the time. Uh And I passed out, and I woke up, and it was like a storm. Perfect. Yeah, storm. Hello. You're listening to the BBC uh, Ocean. Don't go sailing today, dumbass. Yeah. Now, these guys, they all survive, which is remarkable during this stuff. They fucking get shit-faced loaded. So this is fancy brandy. Glug, glug, glug. Take one down. You know, I put up... Did I ever tell you the time I got angry? Because I I put up 99 bottles of beer on my wall. 99 bottles of beer? Yeah. And then uh, these guys were singing a song, and I got really pissed off at it. I'm like, you better not. I just put him up there. <laughs> don't, don't, don't deplete my stock. Coming up next, Jeeves and Worcester get into a trouble. You're listening to BBC Marshlands. Do do do. So now they're on the shore, worried about. Now I think it's probably a film. Film, but um, I don't know. That's just lightning. Oh, do you know what you think? This is probably a screen drop. Yeah, I, I, no, but see how it's lightninging and it's still shining on them? Maybe it is. Yeah. Well, this is definitely a backdrop. Unless they went to the ocean. Now, these guys are getting drunker and drunker. Tee hee, tee hee. But I really like the attitude of this movie. It's like, instead of wasting it, get drunk now. Yeah. Like, if it's going to spoil, eat it. And that's what they do. They get fucking drunk. And then when the, at the end of the movie, when the situation is that they have to get rid of all this booze, the right. town pitches in. Yeah, see, that's – okay, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. the whole movie – okay, the third act – see, is it really time to talk about this yet? I mean, our audience well, isn't with us at the third act. I'll tell well, you as we go along. Okay, but, I mean, basically things are going to escalate. These bureaucrats are going to get wind of this uh, smuggled booze. Yes. Also, they claim, and the boat's going to be, well, we won't even get to that point, but the boat's in peril. And the new position of the boat means that to cover their ass, they say, oh, we have this liberty. Look at him still drinking. I love it. Yeah. Oh, he's like, he's fucking pulling off. Oh, we should listen to his voice. This guy, like, the moment this guy, Richard, started talking and acting in this movie, I was like, who's Richard Burton? (laughs) Yeah, right. He just he completely takes over this movie. Yeah, look at them. They're fucking about to die. They're just drunk and crazy. 
So the point was the ship is probably going to wreck or something, so we should get rid of the booze, and then they decide not to get rid of it. Well, yeah, we always deliver, right? Doesn't they say yeah, that? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> because it's a lot of money if they don't deliver. It's a lot of money, but they also know that this might be their last fight, so they're drinking it. Right. Yeah. And what's interesting, like the first time I see, I've seen this movie three times, and the first time I saw this, I thought Burden was on the boat. And it oh. wasn't until I saw them on the marshlands, huh. and Bird is like, oh, there's a weather guy. That's what I mean. Like, this movie doesn't lend itself to Richard Burton being great. No, he has a role and he does it really well. Like, you really do think he's a. a now, what uh, is he hearing right now? Oh, right. Help. 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 I'm stuck in a shed. I don't get it. But okay. This one, this one scene, I don't really get. But I guess he's still snooping around or something. He kind of says, like, you dumb girl to her. But he helps her out. Yes, he's a, he's pretty nice to her. Yeah, I don't know why they don't hook up. I know. That's one of the things in which I don't like about this movie is that the ending is that it telegraphs to us we're going to have a romance. These two, like, uh, I wouldn't say they don't like each other or at odds, but they are a little bit. She's, he's like, you're a snooper. I don't like that. Right. But meanwhile they respect each other as well she does she never writes the report no that's why i don't think no your dad writes the newspaper because the dad would be like ixnay on my past life you know what i mean like <laughs> uh i think it's like she knows the full story about this smuggling ring but she's not going to tell it because she's from the area she's a right. marsh girl right lily white marsh girl no trouble lily from white. her uh, lily white you tell the lily white oh we don't like that here, the minnow could be lost. Look how drunk he is. <laughs> and you know what's strange? He has such a big, fat face in this movie. And <laughs> I looked him up. You know, I'll tell you what, what else he's famous for, which is his fucking family tree. But I looked him up, and I see him in the Blimp movie. I see him in his other roles. And he has, like, a young, distinct face. He's got uh -huh. a beard. Like, he definitely changed his, his appearance changed in this one. Okay, so the other thing he's known about. All right, wait. Here we aren't we going to have the ass scratch scene? Oh, uh, I'm not up to that yet. So he's passed out. I might be a couple seconds behind you. There she is. Beat a hope. Yeah. Look at this classic Carl. Wakes up, yawns, a little bit of stifle. Ah, get your feet bearing. Here it comes, the best part of the movie. Scratch your it's, butt. <laughs> yeah, scratch your hair. Figure it out. Get up. Get some air. Scratch, 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 scratch. Look at that ass scratch. In your front line. Yeah. Classic. Oh, she does the double take. She says there's a boat in the front yard. There's a boat in the front yard? Look at that. She doesn't register. Goes back to bed. Yes. Yeah, nothing. There's a ship in the duck pond. What? There's a ship in the duck pond. They survived. Now our hero, our uh, the guy who talks in plural, he does a yeah. pretty good I'm waking up job too. Oh, and they're hungover too, so they have to do the hungover part. They got maroon. Their ship went flying. 
He goes, right. rear rudder, rear rudder. Right, well, because we hear the ship, right? You hear that noise? And then, that's the ship still running. Still going. All right, I'll push it back. And then the those poor ducks. are quacking up. All those ducks are dead. I ate them afterward. Yeah, he's got. <laughs> now, this guy's completely unrealistic. Get your boat out of my duck pond. How's he supposed to do that? He's just throwing dominance, I guess. Uh, but no, there's no way. And then this becomes the. Then this movie kicks into gear with its uh, parody. He shoots at it. Bang, bang. Where's yeah. the fucking bullet hole? Stupid. <laughs> it's so fucking hugover. Oh, we got here. I say that. What's the idea of putting a boat hey. in my duck pond? It's not deep enough. Wow, we've seen your face before. But he's still too drunk to notice. Here we go, fucking dumbass ship captain, ship guy. <laughs> What's going on, Mr. Bill? How are we get here? That problem is at present occupying our attention, Fred. It would appear that we are marooned. <laughs> <laughs> he says a little captain jump, right? The sailor, the sailor jumps out of the thing. He's, doesn't understand why there's not water around him. All right. Now here she is. She sees her husband. Is that her? No, that's her friend. Vita's kind of has more of a figure to her. Uh huh. All right, they did it. They're done. Oh look, Burns didn't realize he's on stage. Right. He uh he has some drinking stories in this documentary. I believe it. I believe it. So he was drinking with his father, his real father, and they had Boilermakers, which is an American drink, which is a shot followed by a pint of beer. And uh, I said, Dad, would you like a Boilermaker? It's usually uh, vodka or whiskey. And he said, how about a shot of rum? So my father and I have some rum, and uh, followed by a pint of beer. And at the end, he said, oh, those Americans, what a clever race. <laughs> like the French are a peculiar That's race. That's what he said. Because movie. his father woke up and all his ailments disappeared. His lifelong ailments were gone after that night of drinking with his son From Richard. From Boilermakers? And he said, Americans, what a clever race for creating the Boilermaker. All right, so, yeah, we're getting into the whole, like, bureaucrats that come a pile in and on now right? because this was a cop like a local cop yeah local cop but what they're gonna say is that because the boat is from their area which is covered by the liberty right the they can get a slipway built and get the boat back in and have the farmer pay for it by having the boat being declared owned by back to the liberty right so this goofy ass guy who's gonna bring his who's gonna leave to get a sandwich and a and a stool. Yeah, the guy with the hat. The guy with the hat. Okay, so here's the first guy. Now I like this fucking cop a lot. The farmer saying, I have these trespassers, and the captain knows exactly what's happening. He says, You have trespassers? Well, we should maybe you should talk to me about it. 
And what he does is that he's the, this cop squares away all the, the farmer's problems, right? Like he has a bigger scheme that the farmer doesn't realize. And it'll come up in a second, but this is the first time we meet him. And here's Polly. Here's me look. Right, well, her reaction is priceless. Yeah, it's so good. Here we go. Oh. <laughs> what an actress, man. <laughs> Look at his face. Look at our face. That's by the Anarchist We are the object of considerable amusement. Who is it? A lily white by the name of Polly. Seems to know he you. seems to know you. She said. She is our wife. <laughs> How can you hate a guy like that? She said, "She is our wife." I say that. Okay, here's Colonel Gill. Oh, he goes ahoy! That's another thing that made me laugh. Yes, yeah, because they're on land and he's going ahoy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so they're divvying things up. They realize that the only way they can make this happen is that they're not going to pay for it. They're going to make the farmer pay for it. By declaring the ship owned by the Liberty by oh, the area. Wait, but wait, wait, you're forgetting yeah. the blackmail part. Who's blackmailing whom? Okay. Polly ran away from our hero here. Yeah. They were married. They were married. And she went off with uh, the military guy, the farmer, the pitchfork guy. Yeah. So that's, you see, they were married, so they never got divorced. So he can't legally be married to her. So that is the blackmail. He goes in there, he plays the organ, he plays right. the piano. We had a wife by the name of Polly. He left us for a certain quartermaster sergeant. Quartermaster sergeant, that's it. It does mean that Polly and we do. We do. Right. These things are in the sounds. Here you go, he's playing the fucking the piano. piano. I love it. Always the same song. It's so great. To be proposed to every course to yeah, same song. When a ship finds itself in a foreign port without the means to proceed elsewhere, the master is permitted to borrow money ashore from any party on security of the ship and its company. Okay, so they're getting to the nitty gritty of it. Right. In yeah. addition, they're going to get it financed through some maritime law. Okay. But to do that, they need to have the their neighborhood, the, the Liberty, declare it. Right. And meanwhile, there's going to be... But aren't they still in the Liberty Charter? Aren't they still... On... They That's, are. They're... You know, it took me a second to figure that out. I think because they're going to have Charter Day nearby, and all the townspeople are hip to the smuggling. I think it is. I think, but I think, think like... The master Pitchfork guy lives in the marsh. And the water was so high, they went over the wall. Yeah. And then when the water receded, they were landlocked. They were stuck. Yeah. Marooned. Oh, I see the moon. That was considerable. Look, <laughs> there's a chess game on a boat. Do you think that would, wouldn't that slide all around? Well, we saw a boat movie that took place in Sausalito. Do you remember that hippie movie? You're my mom. And she said, meep, meep. And she ran off. Oh, that, that sunflower! They did live on a boat. That was they lived with on Carol Hannah. Boats. 
Flowers? No. Flowers. Sunflowers? Something like that. Wildflowers? Yeah. What was Wildflower. it? I liked the movie, you know, but it was also them. But this is this is like an active boat, right? Like this has like he's on he's every day smuggling. Every day I'm smuggling. Every day I'm smuggling. <laughs> ah, here comes the blackmail. Fucking for all his bluster. Paula. Which is the father. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sit down. About the removal of our ship, we would like to get a refloated without delay. You'd better. <laughs> <laughs> there he is as the quartermaster. I love these details. Like, everybody is fully formed in this movie. Everyone has a personality that you could pull out of. Understand one another very well. Here he is. Oh, a piano. Well, it's an organ, you see. That's the difference. And there's no mirror where you can look at yourself. Once we do a fella like you, look like you, talk like you. Thank you. Pretty much the same. He was a soldier of sorts, a kind of quartermaster sergeant. Kind of? He took a fancy to a certain lily white known to us. He's getting so black now. He got what he wanted, and the lily white listened. Left a deeply devoted husband. Ah. To tell you the truth, we were not quite so mortified as some folks thought we should also be. No man. God damn it! Just him on the piano and this character is. Oh, it just elevates this movie. It's just everything becomes so much better. So now this guy is committed through blackmail to creating the boat slip uh, to get them back into the water. Right. Which, you know, honestly, it seems like such a ridiculous claim. And uh, now he's going to get breakfast. Well, his wife is going to gleefully, happily serve him breakfast. Like, she is very happy to see him. Yeah. Right? But she does have that really good heart-to-heart where she's like, you're leaving again, aren't you? Although it was her who left. I thought, thought that was interesting. Yeah. Look how happy she is to give him. Ah, here we go. Here Fucking, we go. Yes, uh, here we go. Well, Fucking wild. This guy is a, is a, I don't know the sports term, but he's the most valuable player in this movie. Like, he definitely de- comes up and delivers. Ahoy! <laughs> you want it's really funny how the young guy treats him. Let's yes. listen. I'm the bailiff sergeant. Come again? The bailiff sergeant. I seize vessels on behalf of the council of the corporation. Oh. Oh, you do, do you? He's got a Liverpool accent or something, too. Well, you really yeah. want to know? It started with Henry III. Well, look, you go back to Henry and tell him to find his own business. I know his face. Uh, he... When he's older, he's a famous actor. I know his face. You know, I did not look up anything. He kind of looks like the guy from uh, Hogan's Heroes, uh, Bob Crane. I can see that, but it, but, but. He does have a look. I didn't look. I, you know, I focused on on uh, Richard Honor, uh, Richard Burton, and uh, the director and the writer. Burton, you know, like he, he, in this documentary from 65, at one point he moves to Hollywood. 
And he actually, I think he moved to Switzerland, to be honest with you, uh-huh. for tax reasons. He was married to Cyril, I think her name was, and then uh, he met her in his first movie, and of course, things changed. He was supposed to be in Camelot, and the producers of Cleopatra paid out the producers of Camelot to make sure Burton wouldn't do the movie, so he would do this. Yeah. Okay, so he's saying, like, oh, is the thing is, they don't want them to know about the booze. They don't want anyone on this ship. So he says, like, uh, he realized the guy does wants to guard it. He's like, well, can I get my sandwich and a, a chair? He's like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, he Perfect. says, as a matter of fact, you should do it right now. Do it right now. Okay, now these guys from the car, here we go. They're about to leave the movie until they see this. Interesting to go aboard. What do you think it is? It's a trawler, isn't it? We have a Ministry of Agriculture and Fisheries. Nothing can be disdained in this place without police protection very well. I shall make it my business to see yeah. the customs and case guard. That's advice. a jerk. Here, they're going to say it right here. We go. You know, Fishwick, I wish I liked Perot better. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Fishwick, I wish I liked Perot better. <laughs> right? He's a little too cold. But Perot, the, the aggressive American like asshole, he's going to do that shtick to these guys too, and it's going to fail. So they're going to switch the, the, the crates into the fish crates and then move out the booze. Done and done. Done and done. And that's how they get away with it. Okay, so I think I'm wrong. This guy, that guy, I knew his face. His name is Brian Forbes. Yeah. And he was in um, The Guns of Navarone. Um, but he, he's not the guy I was thinking of. I know who it is now, and I just see his face. But never mind. It doesn't. It's not him. So No worries. Okay, so now we're trying to get rid of the booze. Before right. the bureaucrats come. They seem to us to be more practicable than... Which is crazy because that bulldog of a, of a Ministry of Fishery guy, yeah. he fucking gets on the boat. Like, he actually bulldogs his way onto the boat. Yep. And he's, like, telling Bernard to open up the hatch. That, that, yeah. Which hatch? 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 What's a hatch? Is that a I'm nautical afraid it's a bit stuck. Oh, I must stand up from the hatch first. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you've got to get out of here. There's alcohol here. You get implicated. Yeah. Goes, I'm not leaving. I brought you a tomato sandwich. Which is really nice. And interesting. They talk potatoes and tomatoes. Potato. Tomato. In this movie. Interesting. Yeah. I you did my research. potato. I say tomato. Oh, you know what, Carl? I was going to single out. There's one scene in this movie, and I think we, we missed it already, oh. where they're at the colonel's uh, house, and they're planning out a scheme of what to do. Right? He had the squeakiest fucking shoes. I was going to call myself out and say, Whoa. play up the, I was going to play the audio on it, but I just missed it. But you could hear him squeaking his shoes around in this movie. <laughs> All right, here comes the next guy. Yeah. Now, where's he from again? Like, he's not the, there's a okay. smart sergeant who, I'm who's going to sure help. I'm not sure because they are hiding from him, but he seems like he's part of the marshes. Oh, no, he's, he's a maritime guy. Oh, oh he's from Salvage. Who always has the cold. Oh, no, here's the guy with the cold. The cold. I think that guy is from the Salvage. He wants to take the boat. Wait, he's got no teeth. He's the guy who was walking. Who was walking oh, the Coast Guard. The Coast Guard, yeah. Right. Right, but they, he does a double take. The bureaucrat goes, you mean smuggling? And they cut to him and his teeth falls out. 
All right, they're almost there. Don't pull my leg. Okay, now this guy shows up with his chair. <laughs> I got here first. I just came back from my stool. <laughs> so it's three separate bureaucratic organizations. Yeah. And they're all sort of fighting for jurisdiction. Yeah. Now the ladder's gone. Oh, man. Oh, this is, all right, this is one of my favorite scenes. He brought food. So this guy brought food and coffee and a chair. And he's sitting in the tent. He's the only one. Well, yeah, I think he's going to... I forget the reason. Oh, this guy is snoring so loudly, he can't stand it. So he gets up away from the snoring guy. The snoring guy opens his eyes. See, he hates him. That's the salvage guy. That's the Coast Guard guy. The Coast Guard guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, look. He's like, fuck it. I'm going to turn away from this guy. He's like, they're turned away. I could drink the asshole's coffee. They were brought enough for one. Right? Like, this prick brings his own food, and these guys are starving. Thank God he had enough chairs. <laughs> yeah, how did that happen? How did they get chair? I mean, he only brought one chair. No, he brought, he brought a couple, multiple chairs. Oh. He's about to drink his coffee. <clears throat> what happened? Okay, I think the squeaking is the next scene. Here we go. Listen okay. to his squeaking. And she got this fucking liquor book cabinet. Wow, nice and hidden. Is this a prohibition thing? Tell me the face the whole time. What do you do with liquor? You drink it. Drink it. My old car Well, that's the run. Yeah, that's the... Well, his shoes were squeaking. So, so they come up... they have to drink all the booze on the... Yep, yep. before the bureaucrats find it. That's the rub. Yeah, we have to get the town people drunk. Look at this tiny little glass. For a lily white. Yeah, well, it's brandy. It's like really fancy shit. They just glug it down. <laughs> brandy galore. Oh, brandy galore. Good one. All of my colleagues were assaulted by this man, Bainbridge, in the execution of their duties. Do you wish to prefer a charter? Well, no, we should be well with enough. Now, isn't that the cop who brings them warrants? Yeah, he he pays a mine here, right? He's still eating his lunch. They leave. He picks up the phone and he calls the colonel. And so the colonel says, he "Pretends what... to be on their side." He's just doing his job, and then once they leave, he calls up the colonel and says, "What am I going to do?" Colonel gives him the order. He follows through. Like okay. he's not showing his, he's not showing his hand, but he's definitely like, "Here we go." I mean, it sounds like he's going to follow up with these guys, and then he gets a call, and he's just like, calls the colonel. The colonel says, fuck with these guys. He's like, all right. Look how old-timey it is. Yeah. I know, and they have televisions back then? What the fuck? Yeah, that's weird. Uh, there's the ducks from the uh, title card. There's their little camp. Yeah, <laughs> so funny. And they all hate each other. Like it's just funny the personalities of these characters. Yeah. They don't they didn't need to do that. <laughs> well, <laughs> they're they're camped out there too. They sleep in their boat all night. Look, he, he there's they're mopping the swapping the deck. Well, they have their duties. It doesn't matter if it's not on water. It does matter. They're their boat. <laughs> breakfast, Cedric! Cedric! Cedric. Breakfast. <laughs> Okay, white power. 
He did the okay sign. That means white power? Yeah. Carl, where you been? I guess not in the movement. <laughs> All right, now this guy, he's got his orders. He says, Oh, Mr. Bridget, we have a little chat. Yeah, hey, I Very figured nice. everything yeah. out. Everything's okay. I got it. Because it seems like the, the cop's going to kick the boat out, right? Like the farmer wants the boat out. And uh, he talks to him. He's like, I got everything. Don't you worry. I have it set. Well, he says, like, I have paperwork that'll make these guys trespassers. Come on down and sign the papers. But and it sounds can... like the boat people. Like, I, I can make the boat people trespassers. But in fact, he makes the, all the bureaucrats trespassers on his land. Right. And that kind of screws the quartermaster, I remember now. Yeah. Well, it also, yeah, it screws the quartermaster, but it screws all the bureaucrats. You know, like. Certainly. Yeah, look at this town. Great car. Yeah. Hello, lover who I will never be lovers with. Come on, yeah. look at this whole movie is setting them up to be a couple. I was drinking three bottles a day, and I, my friend said, Richard, that's your third bottle. Maybe you should take a blood test. So you, I used the name X. It was anonymous. And they said, ooh. Right, he must... wants to keep it anonymous, so he goes into an interview and blabs about it. The results came back to if this man, this anonymous man, lives like this, he will only live for two more weeks. All right, now here comes the cop. Cop fucking, and he's got a new pitchfork. Here's all our bureaucrats. We have a pitchfork and farmer. Yeah, get off me land. Well, he wants the, the ship off the duck pond. Oh, right, he's now got he's his pitchfork. pitchfork. Yeah, but it's got four prongs now instead of two. It is a new pitchfork. Maybe they're disposable. Like once you chase after somebody with it, you got to throw it away. <laughs> they're disposable. Yeah. Let me. Give me my pitchfork. Here you are, dear. I used that one. Okay, so here is the ducks. They're drunk. Oh, uh, geese might be cooked, or at least our ducks are pickled. Look at the bubbles coming out of them. Like that's I what love when you drink. Don't you think as a British child you'd be laughing in the aisles when you said yes. that? Yes! Oh, push on his stomach and the bubbles come out? That's hilarious. A cruelty. Look, it's in slow motion, so they look drunk. Yeah. Yeah, we wanted to get some fries and cook but them that that dressed. Yeah, right, he's got a suit on. But for what? Well, he is on land. He's not a sailor today with his t-shirt. He's a Here's the here's the alpha male again. Okay, now this is what I thought was the movie fart. Obviously, the boat they're getting yeah. rid of the smuggled goods by pouring it in the water. So he's taking a sample of the water because the ducks are drunk. He's going to bring it to the chemist straight away, right? And get it analyzed, and they're going to find alcohol in it. I thought that was the movie fart. Like no, at but the, the end, that's going to. It pays off. I think it pays off. Absolutely. At the end, when they get the results, it's the funniest thing I've seen. Now, she's helping. Now, don't help us. funny, but it's not a payoff. You okay, see he, oh, let's talk about it. So they're going to be stuck in court. Right? They're going to keep them in court all day while the town people drink the booze. And this is all on purpose. So they're going to talk dithery-do. It's the old Southern judge who blathers on and on while Burt Reynolds drinks all the hooch. Uh, 
Jerry Reed. But he, uh, you get the results. They get a telegram. And they open up the envelope and they pass it to the three bureaucrats, look at it. And then the audience finally gets to look at it. And it's the result of that water test. Yes. And it says 94% H2O, 1% sodium, 1% dithery do, and the last percent is alcohol. Yeah. Brandy. Like it's so obvious that it was 100% alcohol. Okay, but you see, what happens to make a movie good in the end is expectation for the audience. So this movie sets us up. We've got to keep the bureaucrats occupied with the judge while we right. drink all the pooch, right? And yeah. that's exactly what the movie delivers us. That's exactly what happens. But when there's usually a movie fart, like the chemist report, and now he can hold up the chemist to the judge and say, this proves there's alcohol, and that leads to a final battle. They thought they were cool. Yeah, but the joke, the joke is they, they, they undercut it. They, it's corruption to the core, and they can't get away with it. The town is lying, flat out lying to them. They're just gaslighting them, and that's the joke. the hatch open he's about to do it and then here comes the cop he's like oh about time we were just about yeah about time indeed i'm about to serve you papers yeah you are yeah. trespassing what but it was really close alpha dog almost got it yep nice scene in which she's like are you really leaving yeah. this movie does not deliver a proper third act well as soon as we have procured a slip a few sad losses chain tackle 20 fathoms of good rope all of which your mr bainbridge has so obligingly agreed to provide we are furthermore we shall be forsaking hard liquor until the frolic is afloat again. Edric. Yes, my dear? You're sure you really want to go away? That is our declared intention. Oh, uh, here goes uh, Portnery Green. I think Portnery Green and the Abodale Marsh are just two different areas, and that marsh is covered by the Liberty. I don't know. And I guess King they're all Henry covered by the the charter, and there's their actor playing King Henry. Now, if this was an Adam Sandler movie, King Henry would be played by Rob Schneider. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And Arthur Fonzarelli would have been the captain. 
Yeah, I would have, and I would have seen it. Well, yeah. So they're celebrating. So King Henry's there. Henry, I mean Henry the Third. hundreds, I guess. Uh, yeah. What well, we they said like five hundred years ago or something. What yeah. they said? Maybe like five hundred years ago. There's these the judge guys. who we really haven't met yet. Yeah, it's weird how they introduce these characters. We we hear about Mr. Bainbridge, and then suddenly we're involved in Mr. Bainbridge. Do we see the judge here in the parade? And then he's going to be the, the. He's like, I like movies that have a third act new character. I know it's not good. I just kind of enjoy not that Hollywood rules, but it's so you know. It, it's it's ballsy. It's always ballsy to introduce a, a new character at the end of the movie. Yeah, see, the thing is, when you introduce your new characters, it's usually in the second act, and they're all characters to help the hero or be against the hero. When you introduce a character in the third act, the audience feels a little cheated, like it was tacked on, you know? That's just a... I always feel like that character needs to be, like, becomes the main character. Like, he, his absence was the point, you know, like, complements the movie, like... You know, it's a funny scene. This scene, they're basically going to just uh, uh, what's it, filibuster. Yeah, they're going to delay the judges while they drink the booze yeah. and get rid of the evidence. And what's funny about this is that oh, here here's the results coming in. I guess uh, no, the funny about it, these guys are like no, not for a while. <laughs> we won't get the chemist report for a while. The bureaucrats' faces on this, it's like they completely get what's going on. They're bureaucrats. They understand what bureaucratic hell they're stuck in. Yeah. And it's just like this resign, like they just yeah. can't get out of it. You know, they all know it's hooey. These guys, maybe not so much. Yeah. Reading the charges. Yeah. And there's Honor. Was she there as a reporter? Did she report it? Yes, but she's sneaking out now because she's probably going to tell them they're occupied. It's time to drink. Yeah. 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 She came out and gave the signal. Anna. Yeah. So Richard Byrne, like he was in one of the worst, like the Golden Turkey Awards. Uh, yeah. Called him the worst actor. Really? <laughs> like 1980, 1979. They listed uh, Exorcist 2, the the heretic, as like the second worst movie following Plan 9 from Outer Space. He's in that famously. I went onto Amazon Prime. I typed in Richard Burden, and they have a movie called Obsession, a take on Lolita. It's about a schoolgirl falling in love with a 60-year-old man, and it stars Richard Burden. Okay. Wow. From 1980. I was like, uh... But he's in plenty of bad movies. Oh, they're singing their little song. Yeah, let's hear. Hey, you want to get fucked up? Henry the Third's like, you know I do. You know I do, because I'm not really Henry at all. I'm the Burger King uh, mascot. Yeah, that's right. Well, Richard Burton and like uh, Elizabeth Taylor, them that documentary had some prime footage from '65, but they were just like a freak show. 
remember Boom? We saw Boom. Yeah, right. Really good. But who is the director who's like, if he did, if you don't like it, I I don't even respect you. Who's that guy? He was oh. the director who did uh, the woman who is always in drag. Uh, not well, John, Water, guy, John Waters. Yeah, John Waters. You think of Divine? Polyester. And... Yeah. Oh look, hey, we get odds. Oh, get odds. There's a maypole. There, Everybody's there in the house. Yeah, uh, you're right. Maypole, maypole. But in the video from for Safety Dance, they have maypoles. Yeah. Yeah. We, All right. Now we well, got. I got to write down for this episode to do. The safety dance one. Sure. Well, we just song. heard it. What do you mean you have to do? We just it started in the, the show. All right. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, safety dance. Like you can see, these bureaucrats are resigned. They know they got fucked over. Yeah, and it's like part of their bread and butter living, so they're they're uh, resigned to it. Yeah. So it's been an hour long deliberation. Now the thing is, the judge isn't really in on it. He doesn't know he's supposed to be keeping them busy. Oh, I didn't realize that. I think he's... he should know. Yeah, he's... I thought he was intentionally doing it. Right. You just assume it. Yeah. Oh. Now the chemist report should come. Achoo! Whoa, I'm cured. Yeah, he's just battling on. You know, I guess what's up, uh, Doc? The, the Brian O'Neill uh, Barbara Streisand movie in San yeah. Francisco, it ends. The third act has a judge, where they, they and he's crazy judge. He's uh, it's kind of a famous scene. Mm -hmm. And then I guess Dan Aykroyd, nothing but trouble. He plays the Southern judge who. Uh, right, he was a grotesque looking. No, now Southern Jersey. He's drinking the contraband. Now these drugs are fantastic. Look at them. They just can't wait. And then they're, they're they're all piling up. They won't let this guy on. Yeah. Oh no, that was the captain who pulled them down. But these drunks, they got to get them out of here. You had enough, buddy. I'm yeah. doing it for the liberty. Not for all myself. right for the liberty. Look at this guy. Who the fuck is this guy? Came out of the Thin Man. Uh, well, they must contend. What so? What is he eating? A like an Altoid? <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that too. It was almost like he had snuff or Maybe tobacco snuff. chew. Here's a chemist uh. report. He's great. There's something so important that comes in. He gets it. He gives it to this person. We wait as the audience for him to open it. He's so resigned. It's just funny to him, right? That's the personality quirk of this guy. They're blathering on. It's the second one. We want to know what's in this letter. This is just so well done. He looked at it. Here we go. Look at that. 1% alcohol. 1% alcohol. 96% W2O. Now look at the smile.
give a shout out to Henry III for getting lifted off a boat onto a horse. That's a great stunt. Well, I guess you were. I don't like about the movie is that they'll now do that to our heroine. They already did that gag. I know, and it doesn't look like she's in. She looks like she's in pain when they do it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I guess. I guess you're right. Carl. All right. So they say it's ninety. It's full of alcohol. They're like, wait, we got to go to the resort, and they go, and then they have the whole wild goose chase or pickled duck chase with that one bottle left where they throw it to everybody, and that would be it. They still get to it. I don't know. I think as a farce, they have to say this is the way the world works. If it's a coincidence, it must be a miracle, and that this is how the things work, and and, uh, they're resigned to it. I don't know. Yeah, all right. I I don't know. I thought it was clever, Uh, but but you're right. Okay, god damn it. Yeah, it's clever. I, I didn't say it wasn't. It is. Now, listen, at the end, they... The judge lets him go. He says, we're reducing the charges to a something obstruction, right? And they don't have to serve any time. They don't have to pay a fine. I kind of didn't get that. I also, why can't she drink? I know. Is... Why does he not like it? Because, up oh, there she goes. All right. Upskirts, guys. Get your cameras. Arrgh. To the top of the sail. These guys are chugging away. They had an extra bottle. They could have just given it the honor. Drunk kid. They were gone for two hours, three hours, and now it's just total chaos in town. We have won the bottle, and we're missing one person that I kicked off the boat. What are we supposed to do with this bottle? If if she was there. Oh, this is so cute. See, now they're out on a date. Holly's so funny. He shoots a gun, and then he says, yeah, the gun's no good. He goes, I thought you would say that. Take another gun. But she's great with her little uh, vanity mirror. Yes. Yeah. It does look like it hurts her as an actress. Yeah, and it's just a shitty thing for him to do. She was trying to drink the last bottle, basically. He won't let her, and now they're stuck with the one last bottle. Right. Now, this is kind of a movie fart. This is kind of what I was talking about. Yeah. This is all in one take when they're throwing that bottle around. Look how they're kissing. Did you see them kiss? I I never saw that before. Does that mean they're a couple? Maybe. I didn't realize they were kissing. Look, she's so great. He won a little scruffy bear. Cute. Now it's Polly's turn. So they're chasing the bottle. Right. Which has gone in. Oh, here, the Andrea Amash. That's where they're from. So the boat must have gone next door to Pony Green. Little hams. All right, hamming up for the last bit of the movie. Of the now singers. La, 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 la. Guy? Which one? Oh, there he is. Yeah, there he, he is. Was at, he was at the fortune teller. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, now he doesn't do he doesn't realize this but he saves the day now check out polly it's the ass so scratcher great. she's so great she scratches her ass and then when it's her turn to shoot she shoots it off the vanity mirror and she shoots the one last bottle <laughs> oh thank god he didn't realize it would happen like the bureaucrats are laughing at this well they're not they're defeated and he's well, like these people don't deserve to be governed i know i love it the marsh will rise again. Ooh, free Whopper Day. 
Thank you, King. New chicken fries. Yo, new chicken. Dainty cheese. So now they're back to cheese. There's the boat. Landlocked. So look, his, her hand is around his back. They are now a couple, I guess. And they're holding oh, court. The has become, somehow I missed this. The boat has become the cafe. Right. And the boat's been a lot, a lot larger, too. They have a dance floor. There's, uh, I don't know if he's a famous player, but there's Liberace. No, no, it's not Liberace. It's yeah, the captain. Liberace. It is the captain. And no alcohol is served. <laughs> and then the last line says, the end. Yay. Oh, what's the captain? Yeah, the boat looks a lot bigger. So him and Polly, they, they stay on land. Her dream comes true. Captain's clear old biddle. Carl, what do you think of this movie? I enjoyed the movie. I think it could have ended better, as you know. I've right. argued for the we whole argued movie. for the whole movie. But but um it was good. It was good. I think that um they had a great actor in Richard Burton and I don't think they knew it at this early time in his career. Um I think he could have really done something with this film if he had I mean he wasn't on the boat, he doesn't have the romance. But um I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I really like this movie, I have to say. like, And again, I have to say, I, I don't know. I, th I thought, like, as a farce, it was really good. But it was just kind of fast, and all the characters were funny. Like, they uh, they really put some effort into it. And I never even seen that Richard uh, Livery guy, so kudos. Good job, dude. Well, uh, next week, Carl, we are going to watch uh, The Great Gabbo. I bet you there's no trailer. Let's see, maybe. Uh, this is from 1929, so there probably is no trailer. I'm typing it in with my PlayStation 4. Uh, the Grat Gabo. Funny. This was a, a Simpsons episode where the Great Gabo shows up and becomes more popular than Crested the Clown. It is based on this movie, so I've heard about this uh, character from The Simpsons. There isn't a trailer, but they have the Lollipop song. Well, you know, we should close on a different song, Carl. Oh, right. You're going to sing it. We'll skip the trailer this week. Okay, so let me go. So this is like 12 Days of Christmas. But instead of five golden rings, they do uh, three. Three is the number that they do. So let me find it. Pretty sure I wrote it. Are you going to karaoke it? Let me see if I have... Uh... Yeah, I could. Search for a thousand ships. No, this is uh. All right, I sing you one oh green grow the rushes oh what is your one oh, uh one is one and all alone and evermore shall be so. So we keep going and then, uh, what is two oh? So here we go. I'm gonna sing the final lyric. I'll sing you 12, oh, green grow the rushes, oh, what is your 12, oh, 12 for the 12 apostles, 11 for the 11 who went to heaven, and 10 oh. for the 10 commandments, 9 for the 9 bright shiners, 8 for the April rainers, 7 for the 7 stars in the sky, 6 for the proud walkers, 5 for the symbols at your door, 4 for the gospel makers, Three, three, the rivals. What? Two, two, lily white boys, all clothed in green. Oh, one and one and all alone, and evermore shall be so. 
Merry Christmas, Carl. Merry Christmas. Interesting how they're lily white boys. REM screen boy brushes. Yeah. This is the five symbols oh, on your door. It's not the folk song, right? It's different. No, it's not. Oh, they're being postmodern. Damn you, Stipe. Rapid eye movement. Stipe. That's so much Michael, money he gets. Yeah, he doesn't get residuals from his songs. He gets a stipend. <laughs> Good one. Well, if you enjoyed that good one, hold your breath. In seven days, we will be back uh, in your inbox, in your YouTube notifications, in your podcast queue. And, of course, here on Mutiny Radio, we'll be back streaming first, 2 p.m. on a Sunday. Uh, Carl, people can check out Carl at carlsucks.com. Is carl.sucks work? And you can check me out at Spiegelmania, I guess, uh, here on the Twitter uh, Carl, this was a lot of fun. Thank you yes. so much. I never knew how the sausage was made until the switcheroo. Now I see all the effort you put in and uh, wouldn't wish that on you. Hey, I should mention. Before, I think your your best one was the Elvis film. Yeah. And you did a pretty good job with, um, hey, Vern, uh, Ernest Steals Christmas or whatever it was. Oh, and then Abbott Costello. Yeah, you did a good job with that one, yeah. too. I did the right. You do a good job with uh, Kill Killdozer. Yes, I'll never hear but that. Other than it. that, you're doing great, Switcheroo. Mention Killdozer, and I'll mention the funny joke at the end of Greengrass, the rushes out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, so we're come back to check us out. We'll be watching the 1929 movie, The Great Gabo. Yeah. Uh, about a ventriloquist who goes crazy. Uh, so hold your breath, check it out, and we'll be back next week. We'll see you then. Take care. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. You can watch if you want to. You can slap Spiegelman's behind. L-W-A-F-L-M-N-O-Y-T on Mutiny Radio. Mutiny. Mutiny! It's pronounced mutiny. Mutiny! It's, it's pronounced mutiny. Mutiny! Oh, my turn-offs are guys who say mutiny. Mutiny? Well, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman, oh Mike Spiegelman, Mike Spiegelman, Mike Spiegelman, Mike Spiegelman, Mike Spiegelman, Mike Spiegelman, Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. God, how many? That's 10 letters, right? It stands for Let's Watch a 
full length is one word because there's a hyphen movie on youtube seven words right but y and t are initialized right right but that stands for youtube We're, our show is called l-w-a-f-l-m-o-y-t welcome to let's watch a full length movie on youtube with mike spiegelman and carl hi carl hey mike i'm glad to be here today and i'm also proud to resent our guest, Adam Spiegelman, your brother. Yeah. So I'm really excited. This show is based on my brother's show. Adam has been doing a podcast interviewing the greats. I was just, it's a cult movie podcast. There's interviews and there's reviews. And the interviews, you go to proudlyresents.com and you look up the guy from summer school. Okay. You look up the guy from ski, whatever. Dean, what's his name at? Cameron? Yeah, that was a great interview. He talked about everything. The guy, uh, uh, Dean Cameron or something. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I know yeah. He was in. Uh, him and his brother were aliens on a TV show in the eighties. Uh, called. Um, I love that show. They came yeah. to Earth, or I don't know, something like that. But, but anyway, great... he was very, he was very open about uh, losing his career in Hollywood. It's very interesting, <laughs> very funny. It's very funny, and the guy has a good box out. So check out Adam's site. For some great interviews, Lloyd Kaufman from uh, Troma has been interviewed. Uh, all the greats. And all the great. Greats. All the greats. Not so we're, greats. There's a lot of people. I'm in it too. Uh, and Adam is graciously here with us. He has picked our movie that we're going to watch, a full-length movie on YouTube. We want you to go to YouTube, watch the movie with us, and listen to our podcast at the same time. Yes, we are a podcast. We are all over. We're known to be airing uh, streaming first on Muni Radio every Sunday at 2 p.m. We're known for our podcast by our initials, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. And, of course, we have a YouTube channel where Carl has already synced up the movie and the episode, and you can find that at L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Carl, what is the movie we're watching? Today we are going to watch Come and Get It, 1936. But that's not what you put in the YouTube search engine, and this is a first. You're going to put in Francis Farmer movie, okay? Francis, you know, F-A-R-N-C-I-S, Francis Farmer Movie. The channel we like is Jogador Profissa of all craziness. Now, if you put in Come and Get It 1936 in the YouTube search, it does show up. maybe, I don't know if it does. I, you, you've got it? Yeah, but it's like the third choice. And like Carl says, it's not titled Come and Get It 1936. Five. It's titled Francis... Uh, Francis Farmer. Farmer movie, which is accurate, although other people are in it, but, and it's J-O-G-A-D-O-R, Professor is what we like, Jogador Professor. Okay, so um, we want you to go ahead, go to YouTube, type in Francis Farmer movie or come and get it, and find the one by that username, which I'm not going to repeat, because I don't have it in front of me. It's Jogador Professor. Jogador Professor. All right, so find that link. Enter the link, click the link, hit pause immediately, move the timer to zero, zero, zero. When our special guest, Adam, says go, you Wait. will go. Uh, We're not doing a celebrity comedian countdown? Well, we have a celebrity comedian. Rose, we need you to do a countdown for us. Can you count okay. three, two, one, go? And when you say go, we'll go, go, go. All right, well, that's, okay, that's, that's All right. a good warm-up. Okay, go ahead, Rose. Uh, give us a countdown. Three, two, one, go. Fair enough. Roar! Roar! Immediately, we're roared at by a lion. 
You know, there's some movies where the, you don't hear the lion. Yeah. 36. Yeah, like for, for a few years, they just had a silent war going in the intro of MGM movies. Lane. Ed, so Howard Productions presents Edith Barber's Come and Get It, uh, talked over by Adam, Carl, and Mike. Just want to get <laughs> all the preferences out of the way. This was a book in 1935 called, um, uh, called Come and Get It. And it was supposed to be a book all about how, like, America, the robber barons raped it, chopping down all the trees and messing up the, the waterways. And, but this film got changed by Howard Hawks, who's the director, right. into more about the love story and the, 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 the love triangle and the romance. It was more, it wasn't, it really doesn't pay respects to the spirit of the book. Okay. So she's passing out pamphlets and she falls in love. No, no. The book was just a book of exposing how they didn't care about conserva conservation, wildlife. They didn't replant trees. It was basically a scalding book politically against robber barons. But Boring. Yeah. You want a love story. That's yeah. how. Okay. So Samuel Mayer... Mm -hmm got injured. He had a terrible operation. He had two of them, actually. And so he was distracted. And that's when director Hawk said, fuck this book. I'm doing oh. a love story. Behind I sent Rose downstairs, Carl, but can you guys uh, X and A on the cursing A and the uh, rape yeah. words? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just imagine a five-year-old is sitting in here. Yeah, well, maybe we don't have a five-year-old on a podcast for adults, but okay. Now, this is the 1800s, late 1800s, uh, where our story begins with a young Barney Glasgow. And now he's going to tell all the workers to come and get it. Oh, he says the title? Which is our title. Oh, right away. It's the first line. The title. Yeah. And it's how we'll wrap up our film, too. Howard Hawks is a genius. Spoiler alert. Oh, really? Uh, At the end, he says, podcast, everything is spoiled. Hey, is there going to be a fight? And the guy says, come and get it. <laughs> Good call, Mike. What else do you say, come and get it? He's for dinner, get a punch in the nose. Mm -hmm. I will tell it. you, but there's a five-year-old in a room. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm eight. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's, well, we were... that's a big difference. Big difference. How old are your stuffies? Because we, we want to talk adult, but we don't want to talk in front of young stuffed animals. Now, Barney's like the oh, look at this. of all the loggers, and he's catching someone drinking, and Ooh. he's giving them the business. With a maple syrup? Off the <laughs> sap, you sap. Only saps do sap. Well, they God, can't drink, they cut down trees. Ash, eh? Respect. Hey, I'm a land baron. Oh, Whoa, shit. Somebody I'm the low-budget Edward Robinson, see? He wasn't available, see? <laughs> yeah, now this guy, as soon as I saw this film, I knew his face. So I said, where do I know this guy from? And you I know what it is? Up. This is Edward uh, yeah. Arnold. Yeah. Which one? The, the lumberjack or the land baron? The land... Well, he's not a land baron. He's like the, the foreman. He's like okay. in charge of all the loggers. But he will become that guy, yes. Yeah, he chooses. Ooh, this is what I liked about the film. Was that it? All right, the kid in the back, that's Spider from Goodfellas. He grew up. <laughs> 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 yeah, you want to dance? 
Yeah, and still when, yeah, he could, he still had his foot. I love like old movies where like guys like that can knock out lumberjacks. Did you see how he punched? He held his, caressed his face and then punched him in the nose. <laughs> but I when I looked up Edward Arnold, the truth is he's just been an, a million things. The only thing we would know is uh, he was in Duck Soup. He was in Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. He was in 12 Angry Men. I remember him in Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. He says the line, shut up. Stop <laughs> talking. But is it the filibuster scene? <laughs> Be quiet. Be quiet. Enough already. <laughs> in 12 Angry Men, he played men. All right. Title roll. <laughs> he played number 12. Yeah. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He played Guilty number guy. 10. He was juror number 10. All right. What's he? he goes, yeah, yeah, that's the ticket. I haven't okay, seen so now what we're finding out is Barney's ambitious, very ambitious. Sure, he's the foreman, but that's not enough for him, right? He wants to do perfect job for the boss because in the very near future, he's got a bit of a proposal for the boss. So he's like, you men are behind on your login. So I'll tell you what, we're going to double down and do this other lot too to really wow the boss. And if we do, I'm going to throw a huge party for you. Free booze for everyone. Yay! That's the equivalent to now in the office when they say, like, if you come in for extra hours, you get a pizza party. And everyone's like, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, no health insurance. All right. well, now just... we're going to see a lot of timber. Okay. Oh, and... timber. Timber. And there are lots of times right timber. by the tree. I just don't get how I don't get mushed by a mistake. Hollywood. Well, well so you say timber. Movies. Yeah, you say timber. You say no, four. but the guys sawing themselves. What if it fell right on? You don't have a second yeah. to get out of the way. No, I'm with you. I never knew understood that. You noticed there was a, a credit in the beginning for logging sequences filmed by a separate person. So they must have somebody who knows what they're doing. Oh, they you must know, have bought this, it, you right? see how close it is to them? Of course, yeah. it's a snake in a movie, but like, what if it started tipping his way? Do you it think is. it's a real tree there, they or a Hollywood tree? Uh, well, okay. Oh yeah, that's one of those the Hollywood trees. Exterior scenes were filmed in Idaho in the North Fork Clearwater River, and we're going to see a lot of that footage. One of those liberal Hollywood trees. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, those Rob Reiner trees. <laughs> You'll see him getting hugged in the film. Now, here it's like late, but Barney's still working. And he's going to, you know, they're talking about how the river is thawing and they can use it for the logs and they're going to dynamite the ice that doesn't melt. It's pretty dramatic. Nice. He's like, hey, boss, have you heard of these floppy disks? You don't need that logger book. Like, that's old school. That's never work. Never work. It's a lodger. Lodger. Although they're doing logging, it's not a logger book. It's a, it's a ledger. I was going to say ledger, but I said lodger. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong and you're right. It's Ledger. Yeah, you he's write a your... lodger. He's staying in the in the hotel. <laughs> Where are you? USA. Yeah, look how so old the guy the hat is. For yeah. now. like they're both actually pretty old, but he just looks ancient, you know. With the now, this guy, they're probably both 35 to be honest. Yeah, to be honest, how old are you here? Right. That's a hardy 35 right there. He that lived. guy's funny. He story. lived. I was a juror for 12 with other 11 yeah. other angry men. Well, that was in the 50s. You see, what happened is Edward would go on to begin to gain weight, then he would lose weight, then he would gain weight. 
Then at one point in his career in the 40s, he said, you know what? I don't want to be a leading man anymore because I got a diet. So he just let himself get big and took character acting role. Oh, so in 12 Angry Men, he played Juror 12 and 11. Uh, he hey, played... <laughs> come on. Oh. He filled out both seats, but he played <laughs> hey, 10. We were going to do 11 Angry Men, but okay, you're such yeah. a good actor. Yeah. Well, I only see 11. Hey, I'm in the room. <laughs> do you mind? <laughs> Now we're about to see about 20 minutes of a we're documentary of logs floating down the river and how they go about it. This, this is, is in Hollywood, they call this padding. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting, but after like the first five minutes, you're like, are we really? You see how they make the flow going yeah. themselves so that they can channel. Yeah. Hey guys, I, I watching this footage, I have to go to the bathroom now. You got a log? <laughs> uh oh. Right now, what fascinates me in this footing footage is the the workers are so close to I know. getting smushed. Every scene, they Carl, are listen. almost getting smushed. When you said we we're going to stream a movie, I wasn't expecting this. Ah, we're streaming. We're streaming a movie. You get it? <laughs> hey. Hey. Everyone now, has a streaming service. Know about Francis Farmer? Be you guys knew about France. How did you learn about Francis Farmer? Oh, I went to Marie Colander, right? Doesn't she have chocolate, Francis Farmer? <laughs> I, I always get... She made I the think... ice cream, Michael. Yeah, well, for right. me, it was Nirvana. I, if there wasn't the Nirvana song, I would have no idea who she was. Is well, you know how Mike and I saw this movie the first time? Uh, at the Montclair Public Library in the back, there was that little conference room, and they would show movies, old That's movies right. there. I don't remember. Every Wednesday night, and then during uh the day when school was out yeah and we were like one of the only kids there if yeah. not people no. who would go every I was, week i was really loud and the librarian had to suss me out afterwards he said you got to be quiet during the movies what talking during the movie yeah during the marx brothers that when i was oh no but we they would every wednesday night they would show an old movie at seven and we our parents would yeah. drop us off and then i don't know what they would do um and then we during the day when there was no school they would drop us off so this is one of the old movies that we'd see so that's why but, you uh, you recommend you pick this one yeah, I really liked it. You know, like honestly, as a kid, I, I was just kind of freaked out by the uh, by the plot where the Edward G. Robinson guy he uh, spoiler alert he chooses money over love and then regrets it. Yes, and he I was like, like you gotta go one and he way. He tries to make it right. Can we show a little respect for the actor? His name is not Edgar G. Robinson. He's sure twelve and eleven. Thank you. Edward Arnold is his name. <laughs> Oh yeah, for uh, happy days. You see, it's just is, gonna keep going very... and going, showing us this footage. Ooh, I gotta take a dump. Carl, sometimes a log going into something white is just a log going into something white. Sometimes yeah, really get to it. Is it this time? Here's Francis Farmer by Nirvana. <laughs> no, no, don't play it. We'll never air this on on YouTube. Why? Because you it'll yeah. flag us? Yeah, yeah, they'll flag us. Do you see the I icon at the bottom is the uh, baby from Dinosaur? <laughs> no, Carl, just hold air on YouTube. All like, right, Michael. We played It's Tricky and we got flagged and got pulled. And yeah, the episode it didn't, didn't air. Get oh, yeah. No, it you didn't just, get pulled. So, but Germans can watch it because of some German. I like that, yeah. yeah. Wow, this so, is yeah, so if you see the time, I, I, I don't know how we sat through this uh, as kids, but we had more patience. Uh, I think the moving image kind of thrilled us. 
Okay, Did now this money directors. Oh yeah, when the, way, when the movie came out, I was like, either watch this or uh, sit home and get a uh, sepsis or. Uh, yeah, right. There wasn't That's much choice. Like. You went to the theater and you saw moving pictures. Wow! Wow! Oh no, that log is coming right at me. All oh. right, here he's making the deal with the big boss. He's saying they're building the railroad now. They're gonna Ooh. they're gonna make it right across America. So what we should do is get the contract to chop all chop the trees down so that the railroad can go through. We'll be paid to make money. You see, and he's even got uh, a plan for the places where they aren't, like a homestead with with lumberjacks. And he goes, well, that'd be fine. And you're just the man to do it. He goes, no, I'm just the partner to do it. And oh right. So he gets talked into, if you want to be my partner, because I trust you to really deliver this millions of dollars, you got to marry my daughter. And that's going to be the trade he's making. Oh, hey. Mm. Yeah, I'm not really big on commitment. Uh, <laughs> hey. I'm a lumberjack. I don't know what else, I don't want to say anything more, but you understand my shirt. Now lumber, the reason yeah. that the d Jack um, is right in the name, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a lumberjill. Well, there's a comic <laughs> called Lumberjanes. Lumberjanes about female uh, loggers. Rose is still in the room, Mike. It's not. No, I. I she can read it if she wants. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. Now, my uh, Adam is married with children, but yet he's still in the closet. Hey, hey, I'm making fun of this guy for being a lumberjack, and I'm the one in the closet. You're, yeah, you're literally in the closet. You speak from, literally. Uh, from experience. No, 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 no more. Now, what I've been trying to get out is Sorry. That the Samuel Mayer. No, Samuel Goldwyn. Now, remember, he's not just some company at this point. It's him. Right. He's making right. these films. This is well, this is an MGM movie, but it's probably prior to their uh, conglomeration. The merger, right. The reason he chose Howard Hawks to be the director was because his grandfather was a logger, and basically Barney from the book is based on his grandfather. So he thought, who better... That, you know, but then Hawk said, I like the romance. I don't like yeah. the politics. I don't like my grandfather as a scumbag. Oh, excuse me. Right. I didn't mean to say that. Hi. Oh. But Adam, maybe, you know, so we could do a little humor. No, no, it's fine. We're family friendly. Oh, I'm watching a, we're watching a movie we watched the kids in the library. We can't we can't handle that. <laughs> uh oh so now, game. Now Barney oh, yeah, Barney who's just committed to marrying the daughter left of one. the logger to make No, left one. Oh, I was wrong. Sorry. No, that see? He's always lucky. Except for he's gotta marry that lady. Okay. Well wait. he is lucky because he's gonna bet five hundred dollars. Whoa. You know this is nineteen 1870s money. 1886. And he's going to win. Now, he just committed to marrying the daughter, even though it wasn't said out loud. It was the implication. But he's about to meet the love of his life, Francis Farmer. Right there. That's right. He Her looks name is like a box. 
So Francis Farmer, Howard Hawks, do you guys have any connection to these people? Like, have you seen another Howard Hawks movie? Uh, have you watched another Francis Farmer movie? I've only heard about Francis Farmer. She was very difficult, very hard to direct. And she would binge drink. She'd get arrested. Nice. She was committed to psychiatric hospitals. She she had a really messed up childhood. Her, her parents kind of divorced her and then, in a way, sort of abandoned her. They divorced and, her? Can you do that? How that? Uh, <laughs> they were divorced at a super young age. They split up. They lived in different states. The mother got this job for doing research, and she said, you know, these kids are messing up my job. So she had the aunt ship them off to the dad. They were on the train alone. She had a really hard childhood. Wow. Oh, I probably dated her then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, guys. Uh, Rose's not in the room, so you can say the F word or oh, whatever okay. kind of scumbag. awful thing you want to say. Sorry, I said scumbag. That was a step too far. Well, bag is a perfectly it. fine word. And... Bag is fine. Okay, so uh. Francis Farmer is helping. He goes, I'm not flipping this over to see if the thing is in there. You flip the other two over, you know, because he's not going to get scammed. This is just like showing you how great they're all in. That's really cool. Building suspense. Now, the, you know, in eight, $500 in 1884 is equivalent to $500 in 1884. Yeah, in 1884 money, that was worth like 500 bucks. Yeah. Like if you... Uh, adjust for inflation in the time period. It's right. about 500 ducks. So she's giving this, you can put on the audio for a second. You can see how tough she is, you know? Oh, shoot him. Shoot Leave it on player. for a second. Don't. Because we're about to hear Love Me Tender by Elvis. But before there was an Elvis. This is 1884, right? So Yes. This is uh, Gomez Adams 70. playing piano. 1870. Yeah. Love, yeah. tender. They changed the lyrics. In the it's completely different. It's completely different. Um, oh, are you going to sing a song? Give me my umbrella. <laughs> Where's my guy, It's a pair. Your hair looks like it's been raining all morning. Look at that. Give the guy it, a towel. Okay, the song is called Aura Lee, popularized by Elvis Presley with Love Me Tender. So we could play this song oh, yeah. the main tune. Now, this was Francis oh, yeah. Farmer's biggest movie. And then on the Ed Sullivan show, like three decades, four decades, three decades later, she'd sing this song because it was her most popular movie. Oh, wow. Was he regretful of singing it? No. Ow, my eye. Why'd you open it in parasol and doors? Now, I get sick of this song by the end of the film because they play it throughout, my goodness. Imagine she's saying orally. Maybe that will help you. <laughs> orally. Right. Orally. Yeah, right. Now it's an interesting song. Now you're interested. Orally. I'll listen to the end. I want to see how it ends. <laughs> how will we be taking this test, Professor? Orally. Oh, the barber shop's there. How do you? How are you gonna take my temperature, doctor? Rectally. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See, aren't you glad your kids out of the closet? I can say that now. Can we watch the log scenes now that my daughter's in the room? Yeah. Slowly. Now check this out. 
I was going through Wikipedia to start off, and it said music by Alfred Newman. So I immediately tried to research what's his middle name. Right. What, but it was Alan. Alfred Allen Newman. That oh, is so close. Hardcore research right there. Oh, I what me that, worry? Yes, what me worry. I learned that the East in Alfred E. Newman stands for enigma. I don't know. Is that uh, interesting? You know Somebody. they ripped off that, that, that face. That face was used for advertising in the 1800s. Uh-huh. Like, you know how they would have, like, you know, Dr. Spiegelman's cure-all or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, so they would have Alfred really? E. Newman. They reused that formula. image. And then they, for the rest of their corporate lives, they backtracked and retreaded and said, like, oh, you know, it was a popular image at the time. And, like, or it was a coincidence or something like that. But, yeah, you could trace it back to the 1800s. Kind of hard to say that when the guy's name is Alfred E. Newman. Now, it turned out that Alfred Allen Newman was like, he did over 200 motion picture scores. He did the fanfares, which are associated with Samuel Golden Pictures. Wow, that's big news. He was one, among the first musicians to compose and conduct original music during Hollywood's golden age of movies. Later become, became a respected and powerful music director in the history of Hollywood, his son too. Newman and two other composers are the three godfathers of film music, apparently. So, usually I ignore the music because he was Alfred Newman. You were like, what? Let me check this out. Yeah. There was some Mad Magazine songs, right? Uh, they had a... Do you remember that, Ed? They would have a record inside the... Uh, the magazine, yeah. I'm going. It wasn't I'm going berserk, but it was like I'm going mad or something. I think I'm going crazy. It was like... It, it was a gimmick... 45 it was a, a plastic uh right 45 inside the magazine you you would separate it serrate it out and it had multi-grooves so the song would begin hey it's a wonderful terrific day or something like that and then it would get to a multi-groove and it would give you one of three different endings or cool. whatever so it would be like you know my wife left me a rat bit me or something like that it's so i remember the first time i ever put that on i heard it's Thank you. Thank you. You played the Nirvana song anyway. All right, fair enough. Well, you don't have any Beatles songs to ruin this? Yeah, what about Rolling Stones? Did they, Francis Farmer mentioned by Bowie? <laughs> now look, Francis is putting a Mickey in his drink. Did you see that? Yeah. Who's Mickey? Okay, so he's going to like pass out. She's going to steal his $500 of winnings or whatever. Nice. But something weird happens. They he starts up. asking her... Where did you come from? Are your parents still alive? Can you get back? And she gets pissed off. Hey, what are you two? A bunch of missionaries. Come on now. <laughs> and I'm a lady of the evening, He's genuine. He's just interested. And it turns out if about $150 she could get back home. So he gives her like 200 bucks. And then Sven chips in like 30 bucks, whatever he's got. Fucking and then she starts to realize this guy's not worth ripping off. This guy's a nice man. Right. And so she'll prevent him from drinking the drink. Oh, wow. Why don't you give it a listen for a second? All right. Well, I'm getting kind of thirsty. Look, all right, then. Get out of here. You better stop drinking. You better take care of this. She's like, you better stop drinking. Will you get out of here? Look here, honey, you're full of money. 
Well, he's like, she's like, my pimp's not going to let me out of here anyway. Yeah. Is he going to leave the table and his buddy's going to drink his drink? Like, finally, slurp. You should have written this film. Yeah, I'll talk to Howard Hawks about this. Do that. Whoa. Yeah. Now, you'd think he'd be like, hey, screw you. But he's like, no. He's like, you're coming with me. I like you. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I disagree. I'm in the minority. Pimp is like, you're not taking my best girl who sings Elvis Presley songs. Yeah, and has an umbrella indoors. So Barney's like, here, you sit down. We're going to fight this out. And she goes, what do you think I am? And she grabs her own bottle. Look at this. Whacking people on the head. You know, every time there's a bar fight, especially if it's the Wild West, there's a certain choreography that we're just used to. And this is like, breaks all the rules. Look, he threw the chair at his knees. They're fucking rough fighting. Lumberjacks, man. Look at this guy. He does that move. Holds the chin and then slams the head down. Yeah. Bang! Oh, yeah. right in my face. They start flinging <laughs> the face. Oh, yeah, this look at that. Called That's back later in the film. What a dangerous thing to do. Right in the Ow. Oh. Yeah. No. Again, another oh, nuts. Right in the nuts. Oh, boy. the family jewels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my glasses. The log. The log in the stream. This is the most dangerous stun I've seen. Like, custard pies are less dangerous. They're throwing metal frisbees at shit. Mike, it's a movie. We don't know what's up. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying... Hey, my uh, thoughts and prayers out to the families that were hit by these trays, but there's nothing we can do about the trays. (laughs) But they get Um, to free the girl. It's their right to have the trays. And uh, we can't regulate trays. It's defined in the 222nd Amendment. Great. Oh, well, she settled in. Hiya, honey. Hiya, Ralph. Because she was a traitor. This Wait, was like she a... like a... Was she a prostitute? It's never said. Okay? It's implied. She just sings in cat houses. Singing yeah. prostitute. Well, I don't know that she was, but... Are they all? Come on. Just kidding. So now she's like, I love you. I love you. They love each other. Now listen, Alice. Why it's not a get rich scheme plan. Do you uh, guys know the Nirvana song? Do you know it? Something, something. Francis Farmer. Uh entertain me. It, uh, no, no, no. The uh, the title of the film is called the title of the song is called Francis Farmer Will Have Her Revenge. She's not mentioned in the song, but she is born in Seattle, Washington, and that's where they're from. So maybe it says this is the only thing, and maybe it's her. You think in her false a- witness, I hope you're still with us to see if they float or drowned. Our favorite patient, because she was incarcerated a lot. Display of patience, disease-covered Puget Sound. She'll come back as fire, burn all the liars, leave a blanket of ash on the ground. Wow. That might be... He was, that what, 25 when he wrote that? Every 25-year-old knows Francis Farmer. I guess so, if they're from Seattle. 
you think like Kirk Cobain saw like a punk rock sticker or Francis Farmer on some coffee shop in Seattle? He's like, oh, just, cool. 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 Oh, look, there's a hole in the screen. In the uh, screen. Yeah. Now, they're off to somewhere, but Sven has a telegram. Okay? Right. And then it says, my daughter's know. expecting your arrival. You want to oh, hear serious about this partner? It's my birthday. Get down yeah. here. 1884. I like how it says, quit fooling around if he's like, stop fucking her. <laughs> Come on, Shane. My daughter's not going to get pregnant look, or something. Look at his face. He's got a serious dilemma now. Am I going to mm. be a rich, powerful man, or am I going to be happy in love? Oh, I love it. like the only options for women in his life are either the boss's daughter or a possible prostitute. Right. <laughs> like, there's no, like, regular woman, you know. Look, he's sitting right by the hole. Hello. Looking right in there. They're both there. Oh, yeah. I'll show him. Oh, they were in on the joke. Oh, and I have That's it? Oh. Now, this is a steam bath, and we know Major it from... Tip. Right. Now, if no, you're Carl, in a thank you for explaining mansplaining to two Jews what a steam is. Yeah, right. Like, we don't know what a good... Specific... We call that a, ju a gym. We call it a workout. Yeah. That's a workout right there. Now, I want to let you morons know, if you pour cold water over a man in a steam bath, it is very, very shocking to the system. And Sven will get that three three times. Let me just Christian-splain this whole thing to you. Are you Christian-splaining? You know, I don't see these boxes anymore. I think during COVID, this is a better idea than being in a communal steam room. During COVID, your whole life. Right. But no, this sucks. You're stuck in a box and a guy puts cold water over your head every 10 seconds. I'm not joking. I used to go to the gym. My whole workout was just going into the steam room and, uh -huh. you know, and then showering mm -hmm. afterwards, getting dressed and taking the bus home. That was it. I didn't yep. like, maybe, maybe I'll lift the weight or something. Put my pants back on and just get on the bus. Yeah. Now you can't get out of there alone. The guy's got to let you out. And also the cold water's not part of the treatment. He goes, he's saying like, you love her. You shouldn't marry the other one. He goes, hey, put cold water on his head. Don't you dare. And he's getting splashed. Oh, that's hysterical. Oh, he looks so much better. Look how refreshed you are after a good Look how great the shirt looks after that. Steam. I know. That's now, look, in the book, this guy was a huge lumberjack guy. And, you know, the director just said, fuck the book. This guy won an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actors, Actor for this. The Academy Awards were new. By the way, I hope you come back for the Razzie show, Adam. I think you're going to vote. That'll be in March. Got to vote. Carl's signing up. He's, he's now a member. I'm signing up, yes. I'm going to be an Academy member. So, basically, he's like, I'm going to the daughter. You tell Francis Farmer we're breaking up. He's like, what? I'm not doing that. He goes, well, I can't. I don't have time. And he goes, Barney, you have time. He goes, well, I can't because I won't do it if I'm in front of her. So you got her. You have time. You have time. In fairness, I'm a coward. All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I got to go. Uh, there's something over there. I'll be right back. In the oven. We don't have an oven. Uh, got to go. Yeah. Uh, cigarettes haven't been invented yet. I gotta go to 7-Eleven and buy cigarettes. Now look how happy Francis is. I would never leave you. <laughs> it's love. 
Oh, She's baby got her hair. nice new clothes. Hello, Sven. Where's Barney? Boo! Barney! Put on the... Oh, Mike disappeared because his accent is so fake and bad. His, his Swedish accent. Oh, he's supposed to be Swedish? Yes. I never thought that. Yeah, watching this. He's the Swede. And you're going to talk with the stupid accent that is obviously fake? Does he forget sometimes and just drops the accent? <laughs> I didn't know That's my favorite. <laughs> or you ever watch, like, movies that are dubbed over, you know, like, cheap movies, and they the guy forgets which character he is because he's playing three <laughs> different characters? <laughs> you back with us? Oh, uh, Rose is back. Okay. So... Mike is gone. <laughs> So Wait, we have your your uh, limit of Spiegelman. Sorry, Carl. No problem. Samuel got better from his surgeries and came back and saw what uh, Hawks had done takeover. with his film. And I'm the takeover. Okay, you're gonna take over. Yeah, Can you see the I. film? We're watching the film. So what, what are they doing he... in the film right now? Drinking uh, prune juice. <laughs> Were you about to say alcohol? <gasps> I don't know what that is. No, nope. I was saying. Go let Carl speak. Go ahead, Carl. Well, you know, it's it's not important. It's just for the audience. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I was I supposed, wait, no, did you ask me to come in just not and not say anything? Is that why you wanted me here? <laughs> you want another? Should I get the stuffed animals and give them the headset? So, so. Samuel comes back from his operation and he sees what a debacle Hawk has made this film. He's seeing the dailies and everything. And it's essentially like you're fired. And he got this other director uh, named William Wyler, who does other films for him. Yeah. And the guy was like, name. I'm not taking over some other guy's movie. I am a director. And the guy says, well, I'll suspend you and you won't direct the thing if you don't do it. So he reluctantly had to do it. He refused to have it say directed by him. It had to be directed by okay. Hayes and then and then Howard Hawks and then him. Um, Did you see Hayes to the Hayes office? He hated it. Uh, he did about two weeks of work on the film. He said that Francis Farmer was insufferable, awful. Do you see that in her performance? I mean, no, not... I think it's a great performance. I think it's a well, really good movie. Yeah. Well, you're being biased because you're a lumberjack. Because <laughs> of my outfit here? Yeah, and you live in the woods. <laughs> I, <laughs> I do, I do. You, you, live in you work all day, sleep all night, and work all day, wear women's clothing, and hang around the bar. What? Do you have to do that comedic record scratch? Oh, yes, I remember this. The old Iron Ridge, Wisconsin newspaper. Fashionable wedding. Yes. No wedding crashers hot, not recommended. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be the... See, the, back then, she couldn't just show up at the wedding and make trouble. She'd have to get on this train and stay at that hotel and, get, you know, get a horse and buggy. And, sure. you know, she would... To, to get... In, you can't just crash a wedding... Uh, put up the sound, you can hear the fake Swedish accents. What's a fake Swedish accent? Sven is from Sweden. That's why his name is Sven. Everything ready? Everything ready. 
So she can't marry Barney. So she's marrying the second best man she knows, Sven. Sven. Yeah, that always bothered me too. Like again, there's only two choices. It's Svenjins. The 1800s, hey. right? There's only so oh. many chicks in the town. You know? Right. Like, yeah, they're either a nut or a fastest farmer. And you don't it's... marry her. You marry the farm. That's what you're going to get, the farm. Carl, you want the milk for free. She's, right. marrying, she's marrying Sven out of Svenzins, right? Yeah, Svenzins he's, is a disturbed He's doing oh. it for Svite. He's doing it for Svenzins. Svenzins. You know, my favorite uh, movie is uh, Smenum. <laughs> The, Mar from the Marvel universe, yeah. It's the, it's the venom. He's the sweetest venom. Okay, so now they're going to get married, and that marriage will result in a child. Okay. Oh, now we're in the twentieth century. Right now, he's fifty years old. Barney is this exactly what he planned? Right, a powerful, respected, kind of robber baron guy married to Emma Louise. So you, gonna... you know, do you see that? He said he had handsome children despite his wife. That's really messed up. <laughs> well, that's really messed he's, that's part of the film is that Francis is very pretty and, and the mom is not pretty. Now, look, the mom is not even sitting here, right? The, that's the mother of... That's the grandmother? Mother-in-law? Mother-in-law. That's another Mad Magazine. Wait, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's the mom. I've seen this film three times and I'm just... She doesn't seem like the mom to me. She seems like the grandma. That's the problem. Spencer Aunt. The mom really does not play into this film except for a few lines. It's interesting that the opening, the, the scroll said that he's 50 years old now. Is he going to get a colonoscopy in the next scene? What? No, it's the third. It's the, I don't know that they did that. Because <laughs> he is 50. He should get it checked. That's what he's 50 years old. He's not there. He's peeing right now. <laughs> now he's walking back. Oh, I think I have to pee again. He's oh, he's taking his mail. AARP. I'm not even I'm just 50. Wait, did you guys join AARP? Yeah, he's getting letters from them. Oh, I already okay, joined. Now, this is the daughter of. Okay, we just met the son at the uh, um, kitchen table, at the breakfast table, and now we're meeting the daughter. And the daughter calls him Barney, not dad. And she's like, don't Ooh. you say that around your mother. She'll get furious. And then she replies, okay, Boomer. <laughs> Kids today, right? Yeah. Oh, Honey, dude. I'm not a Boomer. I was born 100 years before the Boomers. Okay, Boomer. <laughs> okay, Boomer. <laughs> no, you don't understand. I'm not that generation. I was born in 1832. Okay, Boomer. Ah! They do that on purpose. My research about the daughters disappeared. Here it is. Uh, Andrea Leeds is her name, and there's not much here. She was nominated for Academy Award. For this film? Like she, no, no. Uh, it was for something called Stage Door in 1937. She quit. She quit. He retired and became a horse breeder. I don't know. There's nothing interesting there. It happens all the time. Uh, you're welcome, audience. Yeah, you're welcome, horses. He was chomping at the bit to retire. Hey, <laughs> come on. It was the audience's loss, but the horse's gain. So now we're finding out that there's been a tele